How's everybody doing this morning? Last week we talked about being God's masterpiece. You remember that? Well, just so we all understand this, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to tell them you're a masterpiece again. Not a, don't, use, don't say again, just say you're a masterpiece. <clears throat> hey, I was just wondering something. Have you ever noticed that everyone tends to gravitate towards people who are like us? I mean, think about it. You know, people that uh, we look the same, we talk the same, we may hang out with the same types of people, we may interact with the same types of people, we may do some of the things that are the same, uh, but we all tend to gravitate towards people who are like us. Um, they look like us. They maybe even believe like we do. They may have the, the same uh, uh, political views that we do, the same socioeconomic demographic as we are. We like being with people that are essentially like us, do we not? We do. We like being with people that are the same. Uh, we say we want diversity. We claim, to, we, we claim we want to be different. We claim to be very anti-groupthink. But the truth is, we really like to be like others. Even the people in high school, y'all remember that group? They claimed to be the nonconformists. But what happened? They all looked the same. They all dressed the same. They all listened to the same type of music. You had to act like them to be a part of their group. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? I mean, none of us... Uh, can say that we, we may say we want to be different and we want to walk to the beat of a different drum and we may say we want to... The truth is we all like people that act like us, look like us, talk like us, uh, whatever. Why? Because they like the same things we do. You know, when I hung out with people in school, I hung out with people that were a lot like me. We, we have churches all over America that are people that are a lot like us, right? Think about it. Sunday morning has been called the most segregated hour of the week in America, and this isn't necessarily because we seek to exclude others, but because we are naturally drawn towards sameness. Churches marked by diversity are generally that way through lots of intentional effort. We, it takes effort to get different people to come and be a part and worship together. But think about it this way. Last week I talked about masterpieces. And if you have a building where the walls are covered with the same masterpiece over and over, what's it called? It's called wallpaper. <laughs> I mean, is it not? If I was to take the same masterpiece and have it here, 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 and covered these walls with all over, you would, that'd be wallpaper. It wouldn't be a masterpiece. What is a masterpiece? An a, a masterpiece is multiple different pictures hung up in a museum for the world to see. They're unique. They're different. Nobody plans a great heist to steal your wallpaper, do they? Because <laughs> it's worthless. It's, it's, it's valueless. There is no value in it. But these art galleries are targets because they have immeasurable value. But as a church, the body of Christ, when everything is the same, we cannot be a community of one that transforms the world. We are not stronger when we are all the same. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
excuse me, we are not stronger when we're all the same. We are, however, stronger when we are all different. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to read several passages of Scripture, but I want to begin, I want to read from chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want to begin at verse 12. So 12, 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. That makes it easy, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 says this, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ for we were all baptized by one spirit. So as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear... Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. You know, 1 Corinthians, it's a letter written by Paul to a group of Jesus followers in a town where it was very tough to be a follower of Jesus. The uh, Corinth was a very diverse city. There were people from all over the Roman Empire that lived there. There were Jews, Greeks, Gauls, Germanic, Africans, slaves, free, ex-military, those conquered by the military, many different religious backgrounds and many different socioeconomic backgrounds. 
It was a very diverse group of people. They didn't all get along because they were so different. And the church in Corinth, the community of Jesus' followers, they reflected the diversity of the community. This meant sometimes the people in the church didn't get along very well with the other people. The differences weren't simply about race, culture, economics, and so on. Some of the friction was caused by the fact that different people had different gifts and different roles in the church. So Paul wrote this he let, uh, this letter, and he reminds them of three things that is also good for us as the church of today. So here we are. Number one, we are one body, many parts. I did some research, and I looked up to see, and of course, I googled it, so it wasn't a whole lot of research there, but I just wanted to know what is the makeup of the human body. There are 600 muscles that make up the human body. There are 206 bones. The average person has between 30 and 40 trillion cells. That's a lot, isn't it? In order for the human body to operate and function the way it is supposed to function, it needs every part doing its part. The human body, amen? We agree with that. Paul assured the Corinthian church that it didn't matter how many different types of people were in the church because they were in Christ's church, they were now all one together no matter what background they came from. I don't know about you, I like vegetable soup. Anybody else here like vegetable soup? I always make it about multiple times a year, and I have ingredients in my vegetable soup. I have carrots, I have potatoes, I have tomato juice, I put tomatoes in there, I put corn. I put sweet peas. I put green beans. I have diced tomatoes. Oh, this is uh, with green chili. This is so Rotel. This is the generic form of Rotel. I put that in there, give it a little spice, you know. And I put spices and stuff in there, and then I cook. So each ingredient, if I was to just drink this, I know some of y'all say, well, I like tomato juice, but it don't taste like vegetable soup, does it? It tastes like tomato juice, don't it? I, I like green beans, wherever it is. Oh, that's peas. Here's green beans. I like green beans, but if I just eat this out of the can, it tastes like green beans. It doesn't taste like vegetable soup, does it? It just, it, it just doesn't taste the same. Same thing goes with potatoes. We can eat, I, if I just put that in the microwave and cook it, it's just a baked potato, isn't it? If I just cut it up and throw it in some oil, it's just fried taters. Carrots. I could chop those up all day long and have them there, but it's just like eating a carrot, right? I mean, each one of these is individual, and every individual part is different, but it's not vegetable soup, right? It's not vegetable soup. Each part has its own flavor. It has its own taste. And, and so if I had them all individually... They may taste good in their own sense, 
But whenever you put them together, it creates something that's so much better and so much different. Why? Because what you're doing is you're gelling it all together. You're mixing it all together. You're putting it all together, and you're creating something so much greater, so much more wonderful, and so much more fantastic. And it doesn't matter what it is. If I was to make chili up here and have meat and the beans and, and, the, and the spices and all that, differently they taste different. But when you put them together, there is something different that takes place. There's something different that happens with each one of these items. We can have them by themselves all day long, and they may taste fine to us, but it's still not vegetable soup, is it? You have to have them all come together to create that vegetable soup. It takes many different parts, but it's still one thing. Do you get what I'm coming at? Do you see what I'm talking about? They're all different in their, sa- in their same, right? Is, is this the same as this? It's two different things, isn't it? This is a can of peas. These are just English peas, sweet peas. Oh, I got the no salt added. That's really bad. (laughs) You ever open up a can that don't have salt in it? It it don't taste good. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying. These are all different. They're all, they they all have their own individual taste, right? It's kind of like us in the church. We're different, are we not? We all have different likes. We all have different wants. We all have different desires. We all have different uh, things that we like or enjoy or that we do or, or places that we like to go. You know, some of you, I could say, man, I, growing up, I like to go skiing, snow skiing. And some of you are saying, I hate the snow. You, you get where I'm coming from, right? Some of you say, I like to go swimming. And some of you say, I don't like the water. Some of you could say, I like to be out camping. Some of you say, I don't like bugs. We didn't, go, we didn't go camping the first probably four or five years that Brinley was around because that girl was terrified of bugs. She still don't like bugs. But when she was little, I mean, she absolutely hated bugs, and she would freak out if she saw one because she hated bugs. She, I'm, and I'm talking about even just a little fly or just a little... You know, little bitty, didn't matter what kind of bug it was. If she saw a bug, she hated it. It was awful, it was evil, it was terrible, and I had to go kill it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so we didn't go camping for the long time because she hated bugs. But the rest of us were like, ah, bugs, who cares? Maylee, she finds a bug, it's her pet now. It don't matter what kind of bug it is. She just wants to, oh, look at the little bug. You know, she finds a bug inside. What does she do? She walks outside, and oh, and she sits down on the grass all nice and gently. And and because it has a part, it has a place. Brindley, uh-uh, man, stomp that sucker. Get rid of it. I don't want it. You see what I'm saying? We all have differences. We all have things that we don't like. We all have things that we like. We, we all have differences. And what happens when you put everybody in, in, in the church of Jesus Christ? What happens? We come together to form one body of believers united together, serving and doing the things that God wants us to do. Amen? That's the greatest part about the church, about the church that God has given us. Each one of us is different. There is, we are one body with many different parts. Just like the soup is one soup, but it takes many different parts to create that one soup, right? 
The second thing that Paul tells them, he says, every part is needed. I want you to turn to your neighbor now and tell them, we need you here. And I want you to mean it. We need you here. We need you here. Why? Because that makes up the church. The church, we need all of our parts working together. I like all my parts. I'm blessed that I've not had to lose a part of my body. Some of you may have lost a toe or a finger. My grandfather lost two fingers to a lawnmower. Wasn't a pretty picture. I remember the day it happened. I couldn't tell you the exact day, but I just remember mom calling and saying, I, you know, I had to, I, had to I, don't, I don't remember the whole details. I just remember that he had got his fingers too close to the lawnmower and they took them off, and the lawnmower took them off, you know. And I just remember it was, there was, you know, there was some tragedy, not tragedy. I mean, it was tragedy. He lost his fingers, but, you know, he was, he was fine, but he had lost those appendages. And I remember, you know, it was a little more harder for him to do some things without those parts. Some of you may have lost, a, maybe you've lost a thumb or maybe you've lost a finger or a toe or something. And you think, well, you know, I don't need that. Do you know what your big toe does? It helps you to balance better. It keeps you balanced. Have you ever tried to grip something without a thumb? It's not easy. When I I shattered my thumb, that was one of the hardest six weeks that I had to go with that cast because I couldn't grip anything with it. I would would hold stuff like this. It was just because I didn't have that thumb that I could grip around and get a good grip on something. We don't realize the things that we need, the parts that we, that we use that we, that we may not ever think about until something happens to it, right? We don't ever think about that part until, until something goes wrong and it doesn't work properly. You know, and so, and so then once, we, once that happens, then we start thinking about it and we start realizing, well, that was more important than I thought it was, Right? Because you see, every part has a purpose and every part matters. That's why when I tell you multiple times that every person matters to God and so every person should matter to us. You know why I say that? Because Paul's telling us that every part is needed. Every person is needed. Don't ever think that, oh, well, they won't miss me. They don't ever even think about me when I'm not there. Because I promise you I do. I think about you. If you've gone here for any number of times or you've come with people, and, and sure, you may miss her one or, one or two times, and I start thinking, well, where's so-and-so? And I try to do, I try to, you know, send text out or say something. You know, I, I, I don't want to just drive people crazy, so I'm probably not going to send you one every, if you just miss a week and then you're here for three weeks and then you miss for, you know. I'm going to try not to drive you nuts because I know that we are gone. Some, I'm gone sometimes, right? But it's so important that when we notice that people aren't here, that we understand that they're missing, they're a part of us, and they're not here for whatever reason, if they're on vacation, if they're gone, or whatever. But when people start missing for a long period of time, we need to stop and look and say, man, they're a part of us, and they're not here. Where are they? What's going on? What's happening? I need to find out. And see, here's what he does. He gets to the last part of this. And he comes all the way to the end, and the last thing he says, is that we can be unstoppable. And here's what he says. He says, verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. 
You see, it's kind of like this. If, if the body hurts, you want to find out what's going on, right? You go to the doctor. You go and check it out. You go see what's happening. Why is my arm hurting? Or why is my leg hurting? Or, you know, I broke my leg. I, what do I need to do? I need to go get it fixed. If an individual of the church is hurting, we need to find out what's going on and figure out, hey, is there something I can do to help? Why? Because every part of the church matters to the church. Amen? It matters. They belong here. They're a part here. And we need to find out what's going on and say, what can we do to help? What can we do to minister to you? What is a way that we can walk you through something that's going on in your life? And it's important that we do this, these things. Let me ask you a couple of questions. What is your response when a fellow Christian is honored? How do you respond when someone is suffering? Romans chapter 12 verse 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. You know, sometimes we get jealous. It's just, it's part of human nature, right? But we should not, we should, when someone is, is being honored, when somebody has a reward, we should rejoice with them. We should be excited with them. We should go and we should say, man, I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited to be a part of that. Because guess what? You are a part of that celebration with them. You know why? Because they're a part of the church and you're a part uh, with them. You are part of what God has brought you into being, who God has told you to be. Amen? You're a part of that, so you celebrate with them. And when they're hurt, when they're going through something, you know what you do? You mourn with them. You're right there with them to say, what can I do? What can I do? How can I help? Because they're a part of the body. And that's what, that's what they, we, we, when we are working together and we are fulfilling the calling that God has placed upon our hearts, upon our lives, and every one of us is, we're a part of the body of Christ, even though we are individually different and we are all different, we are not the same, but we as a community of one are the body of Christ. The church is called to be the body, the physical representation, the hands and feet of Jesus in our world. But the problem is that many churches are crippled. You hear what I'm saying? They're crippled because we don't use all the gifts and talents and skills and abilities and passions to serve the church and to serve the world through the church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Each one of us has skills and abilities, and if we aren't using it, then all we're doing is crippling the church. Because God has brought you to this place to be who he's called you to be. Every one of these skills and all of the differences can be used to create a community of one that changes the world. And with those gifts, those skills, those abilities, we can be unstoppable. Amen? Think about the church right now. Think about what God can do with everybody doing their part. What would happen? Imagine what happens we take those gifts, those skills, those talents, abilities, passions. We take them out of the church and into our neighborhoods. We serve our friends and our neighbors. If we did that together using all the abilities that God gave us, we would be unstoppable. We would be unstoppable. People couldn't stop the church. They couldn't keep the church down. When we are all together different, we are more than the sum of the parts. Amen? So here's a couple of challenges I want to issue to you today. I want, you, I want to challenge you 
to step into ministry. I'm not talking about full-time vocational ministry, although that might be at some point somebody might say, man, I feel like God's calling me into full-time ministry. That's great. But I'm talking about right now. Step into some kind of ministry. Use the gifts, the skills, the talents, the abilities, the passions that God has given you. Start to use them in the church to serve the world. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some prayer. It's going to take some learning. It might even take some failing. You know what I mean? But you need to get out and start something new. I heard something, and I, I don't know all the validity of this. I've read it different places, but I heard that it took Thomas Edison a thousand tries. He failed a thousand different times when he was creating the light bulb. But guess what happened on that one thousand and one time? We had light. Because he didn't give up. Can I tell you, there are going to be times that when God's called you to do something, that you may fail. It's okay to fail, right? It's okay when we make mistakes. Why? Because we should learn from those mistakes and not repeat them, amen? And not repeat the same mistakes. If you, if you keep repeating the same thing over and over again, you know, at some point you've got to change and say, I've got to do something different here. It's not the same. But we all have to use the skills that God's given us. And if we, as a group of believers, if we begin to change the way we do things and we take our passions, we take our talents, we take our abilities and our gifts that God has given us and we put those to work, then we begin, we can, we begin to change our community and we can be unstoppable. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. I want to pray. Lord, I pray for everyone here this morning. I pray for everyone here that as they are listening to this word this morning, some of them may be thinking right now, what are their skills? What are their abilities? What are the gifts that you've given them to use? What is it that you've shown them that they can be or what they can do, God? And God, I pray that as they are here today, God, that they put those skills and those abilities to use, whatever it may be, things that they may not have even thought about, things that they may not even, even, even has uh, spoken to them before. But today, God, you've spoken to their hearts. You've, you've reached down and you've, they've listened to you and now... It's time for them to step out in faith and to do what you have called and asked them to do. Help them to be all that you could want them to be, God. That every part in here, God, every part in here plays the part that you have called them to play. Help them to be the person that you want them to be. Help them to go out into this community, God, and to work together with others to see this community change, God. But it don't just stop there, not just in this community, God, but what can they do to go and reach their world, reach their world for you? Whatever it may be, God, I pray that, it, that those gifts, those talents are coming to the forefront of their, of their thoughts, of their, of their minds, God, and they're going to want to put those into practice. They're going to want to fulfill what you've asked them to do, God. Help us to go forth and do your work. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just worship him this morning? Just right where you're at, just say, Lord, what is it, God? What is it that I need to do? What is it that you're calling me to do? What is it that you have asked me to do this morning? And I just want you right there just to make that your altar. Let's just spend a moment and just ask him, Lord, I'll go, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll be who you want me to be, God. God, take take my desires and, and help me to be all that you have called me to be. Lord, help us to be one as a church, to go forth and to do your work, Lord. Help us to hear your voice as you speak to us so we can fulfill that calling, God. Hallelujah. Just, just make, that your, make that your prayer right now, where you're at this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I praise you, Lord, I praise you, Lord.
Hallelujah. You can be seated for a moment. I just want to make a few announcements, a couple announcements. First of all, uh, there will be youth tonight at 6. Um, and then we're going to have, we, we will not have service this Wednesday. Our Roll Rangers are going to be on their annual trip. And then we also have several that we work in the rodeo. And so we will continue our regular schedule next Wednesday. So, um, uh, so this Wednesday we won't have service, but we will have service the following Wednesday. Uh, so come back and invite someone to be with you on Wednesday nights. We are seeing God do some pretty good stuff on Wednesday nights. And so we'd love to have each of you here on Wednesday nights. Um, our ushers will be at the back at the end of this service. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, and so let me just encourage you to have fun, be safe, and have a wonderful uh, week, and remember why we get to have all this wonderful freedom that we have. It's because people gave up their lives to go and fight for our country and serve our country, and so that's tomorrow uh, is Memorial Day. Uh, Eat some ribs. Maybe you have some still left. I don't. I ate all mine the first day I got them. Uh, well, I guess we ate some. had some the second day. So, um, And then uh, um, uh, just have a wonderful week and enjoy your week. If you come to the rodeo, try to find me and say hi. Uh, I'll be out there all week. Several of us will be out there all week. And uh, so um, it's just a m- memorial week is always a, a fun week. And then I want, you to, I want you to do something this week for me. I want you to begin praying for our, uh, our junior high and high school students as they are preparing to go to camp. We leave one week from tomorrow for camp. And camp is always a great experience. Uh, our kids always come back touched and changed and where God just does a work in their lives. And so uh, be praying for those students as they go to camp uh, next week. Uh, June 6th is when we leave, so I'll be praying. So can we all uh, stand pray over this offering this morning? You're saying, but I was just standing. That's all right. I gave you a moment to sit. Let's pray. God, I just pray for this offering. I pray for every person that gives this morning. God, I pray that you would just help us as a church to go forward and to do the work that you've asked us to do, that you're calling us to do, God. God, I pray that you would just that you would just bless each and every person that gives, God, that as they give, that you would just pour out your blessings upon them, as you have said numerous times, to test us, to try us, and see if you will not but pour out your Spirit upon us, that you'll pour out your blessings upon us in such a way that we won't be able to contain all those blessings, God. We just give you praise, and we give you glory. Help us to continue to fulfill your kingdom and be who you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all be blessed as you go today. Our ushers are at the back to receive your offering. Check, check. One, 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 two, two, two. Check, check, check.